Hollow Mountain Publishing presents My Castle, Book Two of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter 47, Second Wave. All of you in the immediate woods, pull back and allow the malice to surround the pure hearts in the valley, Zack instructed. Katie immediately raised her head. I hope he knows what he's doing. He hasn't led us astray yet, David said with his thoughts. He turned into human form. Candy, can you change into human form for me? Candy gave him a questioning glance before complying. David grabbed her and kissed her. There were a few catcalls before everyone started following his example. Katie looked over at Jared. He was watching her closely. Changing into human form, he reached out his hand. Placing her paw in his, she changed, jumping into his arms, wrapping her arms around him. She clung to him, not knowing if this would be the last time she held him. He searched her lips till he found them. She didn't care she was in a crowd of people. She wanted him in her arms till they grew old. The first malice has arrived at the waterfall. The announcement shot through Katie's senses. Now that the love fest is over, can we get back to work? Zack's thoughts were loud in everyone's head. There was a general laughter throughout the crowd as they one by one turned back into animal form. Okay, everyone spread out and project an image of yourselves, Zack immediately instructed. Start milling around and allow the projection to walk around without being next to you. Katie followed Zack's orders but could not see any reason for the actions. Okay, pure hearts are going to start teleporting into your area. When they tag you on the shoulder, close down your projection, Zack instructed. Keep walking around, so it'll be hard for anyone to count. Katie was immediately tagged by a large leopard. Nice to meet you, Great Wolf, she said, before wandering off. The malice are entering the woods and surrounding the valley. You should be able to start smelling them immediately. Katie lifted her nose. The unmistakable smell was so strong. It felt like a tangible wall. Form a circle, facing your opponent with the center open. Zack kept his instructions simple and to the point. Katie faced outward into the woods. She could see movement as well as hear the rustling sounds. She mentally prepared herself to fight a much stronger foe than the wolves were with much greater numbers. There will be pure hearts teleporting in the center of the ring. You have just formed. They will be invisible for a while, Zack informed them. Katie couldn't help grinning to herself. Zack was obviously the best thing that ever happened to them. She was so happy she had met him that day in the diner and brought him home. As the malice leave the force, those of you who just evacuated from your positions, go back to them. When the pure hearts are in the fight, you engage the enemy at will from their rear. Those of you who are in the valley, you need to do the same as you did with the wolves. When you start to charge, 
project two images of yourself in front of you. Knock at least the first couple of rows of attackers down. Katie waited patiently. She saw the first step out and others soon followed. Getting ready to spring forward, she refused to be intimidated by their numbers. As if on cue, the malice attacked. Okay, everybody, let's go, David yelled with his mind. Charging forward, their numbers instantly grew with all their projections out in front. Reaching the line of malice, she automatically jumped over the fallen malice to get to the confused ones behind. Allowing the pure hearts behind her to take care of the ones on the ground, she lunged for the largest malice, bringing him down. Rolling with her momentum, she was able to rip out his throat, quickly moving on to the next. The heat inside her body filled her as she attacked another, killing him instantly. She went on to the next. Again, she was surprised when she was able to attack without any malice even knowing she was on top of him. Reaching around, she took two down at the same time. Their movements were extremely slow as she quickly killed them. Getting off them, she looked around her. She was surrounded by malice who seemed to fear her. She plunged back into the fray, killing quickly and moving on to the next. Hey, leave some for us, great wolf. A seeker said with his thoughts, she glanced around her, noticing there was a huge space between her and the rest of the fighting. She surveyed her surroundings and realized she had met up with the seekers fighting the malice in their rear. She could see Jackson, David, and Candy being surrounded. Running headlong into the fray, she took two more down who were attacking Candy. She then went after the ones fighting David. Everyone seemed to be moving in slow motion as she was able to kill again and again indiscriminately. The malice were not able to respond. Clearing out the malice in their immediate area, the four of them closed in on the sides. It became clear they were winning the battle. Katie backed up, looking towards the cliff. She decided it was time to get her answers from Lizzie. Jared turned and met her gaze before she teleported away, finding herself on top of the cliff. She looked down into the valley, getting another view of the battle. It was clear the Malice army was losing. She lifted her nose, smelling the air, turning in the direction of the humans and Cheetah. She slowly trotted towards them. She could hear them reacting to the fighting, cursing at the ineptness of the malice. She even heard her name a couple of times. She changed into human form, watching the three stare down at the fighting. She felt the presence of Candy, David, and Jared as they came up behind her. She didn't realize how much their presence strengthened her until she automatically straightened her shoulders, holding her head high. She cleared her throat loudly. Lizzie was the first to turn. The other two twisted around, staring at the four of them. They looked like grotesque bugs, with their night vision goggles still in place. Katie called for lights from several different angles. The two humans quickly took off their goggles, 
their eyes darting around in the lightened area. Why? Katie folded her arms. I want to know why the granddaughter of old Elizabeth Hawk became a traitor to the cause she valiantly fought for over a hundred and fifty years. Candy stepped up and stood next to Katie. Why, mother? Her voice having a hard edge Katie had never heard before. How dare you talk to me in that tone of voice? I never wanted a child. I hated your presence in my body and how grotesque you made me feel while carrying you. I am aware of your hatred towards me, mother. I have always felt it. Candy held out her hands. Why the elaborate plans? The compound to turn were animals into seekers? What are you trying to accomplish? Carolyn shook her head and folded her arms. You will never understand. Try me, Candy said softly, the edge still present in her voice. Immortality! Candy raised her eyebrows and looked towards Katie, who shrugged. We're all going to die, Katie muttered. Caroline shook her head. Enticers do not die. They live forever. They remain beautiful for hundreds of years, while mere humans start growing old at the peak of their lives. Wow, Katie said. That must have made you rather angry when you realized your own daughter will remain beautiful ten times the time span of you and she will live about four times longer. Don't you talk to me, you filthy animal! Caroline spit at her. Katie couldn't help it. She grinned. I did make you mad. She looked over at Steve Jones. What's your story? Never had as much power and money as your two best friends? You were always jealous and wanted what they had? Steve Jones started cussing calling her every filthy name Katie had ever known. She raised her eyebrows. Did I get it in one guess? She shook her head. Not very original. No wonder Jack Price considers you small change. Steve pulled a gun from behind his back and started shooting. Katie felt the sting. The same time she heard the shot, she flew to his side and jerked it out of his hands. She then threw it over the cliff, moving back into place. Obviously, your superiors only told you enough to barely get your jobs done, Katie said softly. As you can see, we are bulletproof, which means they never expected you to live to the next level, she turned to Caroline. They never intended to give you immortality. They are more powerful than you can ever Imagine! Caroline gloated. I remember my mother telling me stories of the were animals fighting evil so great they had the strength to move trees. They had speed far faster than the human eye could see. They were so beautiful, humans would beg them to drink their blood. They never died. They only went to a higher plane. Caroline looked at Katie. They are coming. I called them. She smiled mockingly at Katie. You will see how powerful they are. They will destroy and make slaves of everyone you hold dear. Katie ignored the fear 
as it rose in her throat. But will they make you one of them? They promised me! Okay. Katie raised her hands in surrender. Are they like wolves? Or like the malice? They are far superior to those animals. They do not have filthy animal tendencies. They are so powerful. They run the world. Their skin cannot be cut by any weapon. And they are beautiful to behold. You keep saying they're beautiful. As if that is the most important thing about them. She looked at Caroline. Is it the most important thing about them you care about? She cocked her head to one side. Are you telling me you are so insecure? You need to kill how many people to ensure your beauty? She shook her head. You are a very sick individual. It does not matter what is important to me. What should be important to you is they will destroy everyone you love. Caroline smiled an evil smile. So, when is this great event supposed to come? This week? Next month? Next year? The full moon! Katie nodded. Are they governed by the rules of the full moon? Like the wolves and the malice are? They are perfect! And yet, they couldn't come tonight to help you? It has to be on the full moon? They are strongest on the full moon. I use their power to make the seekers come to me. You don't know anything about them, do you? The moment she said it, she knew it was true. You followed a child's fairy tale, wanting immortality. And they used you for their own means. She actually felt sorry for the woman. Knowing she wasn't going to get any more information from the human, she turned to her former best friend. Why, Lizzie? Why betray us? The cheetah changed into human form. Her eyes were unreadable. She folded her arms defensively. We were best friends, Katie said, allowing the hurt to come into her voice. I would have done anything for you. Lizzie shook her head. You wouldn't allow me to leave. Katie blinked. What? I'm the granddaughter of the great white tiger. It should have been me placed in the leadership position. Words automatically came to Katie's mind, and she immediately voiced them. You were not chosen to be the great white tiger because the power would have been too great for you to handle. The one chosen is not by blood, but by their integrity, loyalty, honor, and most of all, a true knowledge of good and evil. You had the potential to be a great warrior on the side of all that is good. You had the chance to stand next to those in power and help them command. You have allowed your jealousy to rule your actions. You have allowed hatred to rule your mind. You have had many chances to turn yourself around, and yet you chose to continue down this path. She took a deep breath before she voiced the last part of the words she knew she needed to say. You 
Elizabeth Hawk are condemned. Lizzie's face contorted in anger. You can't judge me. You are no different than I am. She paused for a moment before looking at Katie and David with a triumphant smile. The traitor has just ordered the death of Nora Black, an unknown voice announced to everyone in their minds. The moment those words registered into Katie's mind, Lizzie's face contorted in pain. She doubled over, moaning, before falling on the ground and screaming. The spirit of a cheetah stepped out of Lizzie's body, except it didn't look like a spirit. It was more tangible, like Katie could reach out and pet it. It gave the four of them a steady look before turning and bounding off into the woods. Lizzie continued to lay moaning on the ground, clutching herself like she had lost a vital organ. Katie resisted the urge to stoop down and comfort her friend. An overwhelming loss filled her soul as she thought Lizzie no longer had the chance to ask for forgiveness. The hairs on the back of her neck started to rise as cold filled the air. Katie turned and faced the three standing next to her. Do you feel that? David was the first to nod, followed by Candy and Jackson. Katie looked behind her, changing into animal form. She tried to find the source of evil she could feel. Realizing it was not a physical threat, she turned back into human form. She saw a black substance slithering across the ground, which seemed to have the same characteristics of a snake. It gave Katie and the other three a wide berth before approaching Lizzie. The moment it touched her, she wreathed in agony, then lay calm on the ground. Lizzie looked up and slowly got to her feet. She gave everyone a steady gaze before turning and looking down at the battlefield. You have destroyed the army. We have given you, Caroline. Her voice sounded normal, like she was talking about the weather. Caroline felt her knees. It wasn't my fault! She halted before dropping to the ground, writhing in pain. This is your failure, and no one else's, Lizzie's body said with authority. She calmly gazed back down at the scene. The valley is a natural box, a perfect ambush. How very clever. She turned and faced the four of them. It looks like you didn't even have to use the valley's natural assets to defeat them. Of course, the army was at their weakest point, she smiled. How will your army withstand a force much larger and at their strongest? She looked at them. Say, three nights from now? Katie folded her arms. Is Lizzie there? Is her soul still inside her body? Or have you completely taken over? Lizzie is one of us. We are many. And we are one. Oh, great. Now we get to fight the Borg on Star Trek. Lizzie's face turned up into a surprised smile. You are the one Lizzie calls Katie. She has many memories of you. She frowned. 
You are the reason the army was defeated so soundly. Katie shook her head. I would love to take all the credit, but there were lots of people working together to bring it about. Together being the operative word, Lizzie pointed out. You should join us. You have got to be kidding me. Lizzie laughed. We like you, Katie. We would like you to join us. You promised me, Carolyn Franklin yelled. She was struggling to get up from the ground. You promised me. I could join you. Lizzie looked down at Caroline. Yes, we did. We lied. It is what we do to get silly humans to do our bidding. You never intended on making me one of you? Caroline rephrased the question. Lizzie rolled her eyes. We cannot make you one of us unless you are worthy to become a spirit animal. Once the mind is corrupted, the animal spirit leaves, leaving room for us to enter. You were never worthy in the first place. Thus, you will never be one of us. Although your daughter can join us, she turned to Candy. Will you join us? Granddaughter of the protector of the spirit animal, David immediately stepped forward. Lizzie took a couple of steps back. She is afraid of you. Jackson's thoughts rang out. She is weak before the full moon, Katie said with her thoughts. This is my girl, David's voice rang with authority. You will never go near her. Lizzie's eyes never looked directly at David. She paused for a moment. Very well, great tiger. She turned to Katie. You will be a great asset to us. When you choose to come, we will welcome you with open arms. Jackson stepped forward. You will not go near my girl. Lizzie looked directly at Jared. We had power over you once. We can have power over you again. You may follow her if you like, but remember this. It is impossible to be forgiven the second time around. Katie could see Jared's fist clench and unclench with frustration. Lizzie turned and looked down into the valley. Your army will have to be destroyed. This valley is as good a place as any. Tell your army to prepare themselves to join us or die. She turned back. It will be such a waste if they choose to die. Walking over to Caroline Franklin and Steve Jones, she reached down, grabbing each of them by the hand. Candy stepped forward. What are you going to do with them? Lizzie looked up. We will drink their blood, of course. With that, she disappeared. Katie walked over to the cliff, looking down into the valley. She could see the pure hearts and seekers mopping up the operation. They had so much hope in their hearts after such a victory. She didn't want to have to go down there and tell them of another great battle they were going to have to fight in three nights' time. Hearing footsteps, she turned to see Zack walking towards them. I already know, Zack said, raising his hand. 
My informer was close enough to hear everything being said and repeated it to me verbatim. Jared came up behind her and put his arms around Katie. She leaned her head back against him, drawing on his strength. David came and stood beside her, his arms firmly wrapped around a crying candy. We have the tools to defeat the next army, Zack said confidently. I already have a plan on my head on how to go about doing the next battle. We will win the next time, just like we won this one, because we are on the right side, David said with authority. Katie shook her head. I'm surrounded by optimists. Optimism is good. It lifts the spirit and gives us hope, David said with a grin. We need more than hope. We have everything we need, Jared said softly. I've got everything I need right here, right now, in my arms. Katie reached up, squeezing his hands in front of her. I love you, Katherine Johnson, with all my heart and with all my soul. I will follow you to hell if I have to to bring you back to me. Jared's thoughts whispered through her mind. Katie opened her eyes, knowing instinctively his words were not random but prophetic. Clearing her mind from the warnings echoing in his words, she rejoiced in the three words she longed to hear from him. I love you too, Jared Price. Hi, this is Diana Kilpack. If you are enjoying this series and would like to help support it, I have created a pod fan and Patreon account where you can donate. The best thing you can do is tell your friends and family about this series and let them participate. Until next week, when our imaginations meet again, have a great day.